What's up, fabulous people, and welcome to Real Fabulous Marketing. This is the place where you'll hear stories of real fabulous people to inspire you and also get some amazing marketing strategies that will help you stand out from the crowd, particularly online. I can't wait to do this with you. Let's dive in. Hey there, fabulous people. It's Miranda Ivy here, and yes, I am back. After taking a little bit of an unexplained hiatus from the podcast, basically, I think I just got a little bit too busy, a little bit too overwhelmed, uh, school holidays happened, and I decided to be nice to myself. <gasps> Is that even possible? So yes, I have been away for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm kind of hoping that my neighbor's uh, grandchild isn't too loud when it comes to recording this podcast, and you can hear him from next door, but let's just keep on going because, you know, things have to happen. So I have been thinking about the podcast. I've been thinking all about you, my lovely listeners over the past couple of weeks and thinking, well, what, what am I here to say? What am I here to help you with through this podcast? And uh, what do you love to listen to? So if you want to reach out and let me know on Instagram at Miranda Ivy Media, Or if you're on my mailing list, just say, hey, I really liked this uh, interview style of podcast you do, or I like it when you give me the little quick tips on Facebook ads. I would love to know because uh, much like a lot of marketing and uh, life in general, it's very hard to read other people's minds. I know when it comes to marketing and um, why, you know, people sometimes come to me and they are a little bit down and out about how maybe their online launch has gone or they had a really great idea for uh, a program or an offer and they put it out to the world and the results didn't roll in like they thought it would or the results don't roll in like someone might tell you on an Instagram ad how their really easy free system will help them, will help you get those results. Uh, They come to me and I say, well, it is actually as much as um, I would love to be able to predict the future. It would make, you know, my life awesome. And I would also love to be able to mind read other people. It's actually fairly impossible to do. Often we will try and interpret what other people are going to do or we're interpreting what they are saying to us and we're putting our own spin on it. So if that has happened to you and you've thought, maybe this running my own business thing isn't for me or it's really hard and I just wish I could get a job or uh You know, sort of along those lines, which if you are a solo business operator, you have definitely felt. You can't deny it. You just can't. I wanted to share on today's episode is sort of that how to overcome that feeling of got to do more marketing, got to do more marketing. How can I mind read my customers? And the answer to all of this is... uh, Understanding that your customers aren't numbers, your clients aren't numbers either, your family isn't a number either. Uh, And that is really relevant because all of the people who you would like to invest in your services, buy your programs, work with you, buy your products, read your books, they're people. 
I don't know if you know that, but they're people. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous because there's plenty of bots on Instagram, but uh, they are people. And so today's episode really is about rethinking marketing from it being this like really important, thought out, planned thing where you've got to hit these certain high notes or do these things in a certain way and to just remind you that you are a person doing business with other people. And since before we had, or probably before we even had language as humans, we were telling stories. Uh, you know, the cave people may have had, you know, a grunting system, but they still would have been using hand gestures and drawings on the walls of the caves to tell stories. So this is how we share information. This is how we relate to other people. I bet if you think of someone that you love to follow on social media or one of your most favorite friends or people, maybe like a comedian, have a think about what it is about that person that really makes you feel something. And I'm going to throw out a, throw it out on a limb, throw out a line here and suggest it's because those people tell stories that you can relate to. Those people have a way of communicating what's going on in their lives. So it relates to your life or uh, other things that happen to other people in a way that makes sense for you. So that's why today I really wanted to get back to not the art of storytelling, because I think that's probably like a bigger, a bigger thing that I can explore with you. I'm thinking of running like a workshop or incorporating it into my next program, just because I think storytelling is something that we need to practice. And so often when it comes to running our own business, we uh, can get sort of overwhelmed with the day to day. And also, obviously, we've got a lot of media coming at us from our phones, from other people in our inbox, we've got the work we have to do. And we can actually forget our own story. Or maybe we've never learned to share that in the first place. And when it comes to marketing in the next episode I'm going to be talking about, which is all about, you know, standing out. Uh, so make sure you listen to that one too, is that we need to remember that we are relating to people. And one of the big things that I say when I'm teaching people about uh, running in particular Facebook ads uh, and copywriting in Facebook ads is that the language that we use needs to be inclusive. If you're putting acronyms or jargon that relates to your industry, that might be fine for a certain area of your industry, um, particularly if it's sort of like a, I'm thinking like the naturopathic space, if you're using like technical jargon or technical terms that you all know what that means. The general public don't. So when it comes to sort of writing, we need to be inclusive. And the easiest way for us to be inclusive is to tell more stories. So when you start your business, I don't know if this has happened to you. Yes, I like marketing. You know, we've got lots of ideas coming out of us. We're like, oh, I'm going to share this and I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to help you with that. And I'm so excited. 
And then it might get to a point where life takes over and you kind of go, oh God, and maybe you have a break like I just did with the podcast. And it can feel really hard to come back from that point because you go, well, I've disappeared for a bit. Maybe you haven't posted on Instagram or maybe you haven't emailed your list in the past six months. And you're like, well, people, people won't like me anymore. And if that's happened to you, I always say, you know, again, we're people relating to people. Tell them where you've been. If you don't want to tell them where they've been, just tell them that you're back. Uh, And often people will respond because that's a really human relationship to say, oh, sorry, I haven't been in touch. This is why. Or sorry, I haven't been in touch, but hey, I can't wait to see you again soon. People relating to people. But when it comes to, you know, writing or sharing our stories, because I really want this podcast episode to be not so much about the latest marketing strategies, but getting you back to basics of you running your business, uh, is that we can sometimes feel like our story isn't big enough. This is a big old myth when it comes to business. And I'm putting my hand up right now to say that this has affected me as well. And the reason why is because we, like I said, we're consuming all this media. We're comparing ourselves constantly. Uh, We're looking at someone who may have been doing this for longer than us, or maybe they've been doing it for shorter than us and they've done more. And, but my story isn't big enough and people relate to big stories. And they do, but I read a lot of children's books and I know my, my tales and we also relate to underdogs and we also relate to uh, people overcoming adversity and we can also relate to really small moments in time where we overcame something that may have seemed quite insignificant at the time but actually has a larger follow-through. And if so, if you're getting affected by the my story isn't big enough, I don't have the big numbers, I want you to remember and sort of take a moment to remind yourself of a time when you were really motivated before you worried about your story being big enough and what was happening then and what was going through your mind and who was around you and what were the feelings before you kind of overcame this problem and then what happened afterwards. I mean, I could sit here and I mean, I don't know if you picked up, but I didn't make a million dollars in the last financial year, but I sure as hell had a lot of fun. And I did things that if you'd told me a year ago, could I do that? I would have said maybe. If you told me five years ago, I would have said never. So coming up in my mind is just at the end of financial year, I went on a business retreat. It wasn't a formal conference because I realized a few years ago that I don't actually like learning in those big spaces sometimes pretty often, unless it's like someone I really want to see or hear from, but I don't like that experience. I actually really like intimate sort of smaller group experiences. So my business friend and I, we went, we booked into an online retreat. However, I didn't want to just do that from home. So we also booked an Airbnb at a location where there was surf nearby. So I turned this work retreat into a really fabulous like little vacation. 
and how I did that was sort of a series of small decisions overcoming you know having a chat with my partner can I you know are you going to be able to do the kids I know I normally do the school run on these days but you know I'm working out and making sure sort of some things were in place and I did it now you might be thinking still sitting there going well I want to learn for someone who made a million dollars last year that's fine but my point is even a small story like that can have a really big impact on the people who you want to work with. If you are in sort of the health and wellness space, as I know many people are, it's like sometimes even just telling the story of how you helped one person will change the lives of others, even if you haven't, say, run a program with hundreds of people in it and changed all of their lives at once. It all starts with one person and it snowballs from there. So if you've been buying into the myth that my story isn't big enough, I want you to go back and realize sort of there's been some pivotal moments, whether it's in the past year, five years, 10 years, and remind yourself of what that is and start to practice that story. Now, the second myth that I wanted to uh, bust today was you haven't had enough achievements. I definitely have been on people's about pages and I am blown away by their incredible achievements. I'm like, whoa, you did. Wow. Oh my goodness. And I am so happy for that person. But on the other hand, it can make me go, oh, I I haven't done all those things. What have I got to hang my hat on? I've just been working part time looking after my kids for the past few years. But I want you to be reminded that all the things that you might think flaws or lack of actually turn into your greatest qualities pretty darn quickly. That was me just making how fast it is when you realize that is what makes you desirable to people as well, like desirable to work with. Maybe it's desirable in a partner. I don't know. This isn't a find your love partner podcast. Uh, But those flaws, my suggestion here, own them, embrace them, love them, cuddle them up and share them with the world. It's sort of like that thing when you're learning about um, bullying or maybe there's something that, you know, that time you went to uh, school or work. I often think of um, this time that I went to roller derby. We had a, a fundraising bake sale and I made a banana cake and my uh, oven at the time was really terrible and it was the flattest, saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. And um, I still took it. (laughs) I told everyone, this is mine. It's flat. Um, I'm really sorry. Maybe just give it away for free. And then you'll get some kid come along and be like, oh my God, that was the tastiest thing I've eaten all day. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad I made you my flat piece of banana bread. And we don't know. And I could have just thrown it in the bin, but then that kid would have gone hungry. So don't let your audience go hungry waiting for your flaws. The third myth is that women aren't great storytellers. Now... It's sort of often a funny thing in popular culture is that male comedians are funnier than women. Men like going to watch men and women comedians aren't as funny. And I beg to differ. Women just need to practice their craft. 
Women just need a space to share their stories, whether it's on your own with your journal, whether it's on Instagram or emails to wider people, or it's face-to-face, or it's talking to yourself in your office like I am doing right now. We have some amazing female storytellers coming up and, and comedians, by the way. A big shout out to Hannah Gadsby and her second Netflix special called Douglas. Would highly recommend that one if you haven't already watched it. And just to say, men may be seen as better storytellers or comedians, but that's only because society gives them the space to be heard, a platform and practice. Women, if you are listening to this, please just simply practice your storytelling ability and you will, without a doubt, get better at marketing. So after listening to this episode, I hope that you're not sort of feeling that anxious underlying feeling, got to do more marketing. Instead, I hope you are thinking about the stories that make you you and also that you are going to maybe practice to on your own to then share with the greater world. You don't need to be perfect at this to start. You just need to be willing to practice and to get better. Much like me with this podcast, uh, it has taken me well over a year to get comfortable speaking into a microphone, but I also knew that I needed to start sometime. If you are still wanting a little bit of a nudge in the right direction, I would love for you to head on over to my website and you can download my confidence hypnosis and also my three confidence boosting questions that may also ignite or spark some stories in you. If you want to know what confidence hypnosis has to do with marketing, the answer is, of course, everything. When we feel more confident, we are more likely to put ourselves out there and uh, putting ourselves out there is marketing and telling more stories. I'm so happy to be back. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And until next week, stay fabulous. Hey there. I so hope you enjoyed this episode of Real Fabulous Marketing. I made it with you in mind. I was thinking about you while I recorded it. So I'd love to know what you thought of it. Come on over, find me on Instagram and send me a message. I'm at Miranda Ivy Media. And if you'd love for some practical and also quite easy ways to show up as the fabulous expert that you are, then sign up to my free seven day expert visibility challenge. You just need to head on over to MirandaIvy.com forward slash expert. And then I'm going to send you a whole bunch of daily prompts to start sharing your fabulous self with the world. Until next time, stay fabulous.